Book Eleven, Part Two of the Iliad of Homer, rendered into English blank verse by Edward, Earl of Derby. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Your reader, Michael Armenta. The Trojans, when they saw Ulysses' blood, with clamorous shouts advanced promiscuous. He, retiring, shouted loud to call his comrades. Loud as head of man could bear, he shouted thrice, and thrice his shout the warlike Menelaus heard. And thus to Ajax, standing by his side, he spoke. Ajax! Thou heaven-born son of Telamon, great chief of men, Methinks I hear the voice of stout Ulysses, As though left alone, and in the stubborn fight Cut off from aid by Trojans overmastered. Haste we then, for so twere best to give him present aid. Brave though he be, yet left alone, I fear, great cause we Greeks may have to mourn his loss. He spoke, and led the way, the godlike chief followed his steps. Ulysses, dear to Jove, surrounded by the Trojan host they found, as hungry jackals on the mountain-side around a stag, that from an archer's hand hath taken hurt, yet while his blood was warm, and limbs yet served, has baffled his pursuit, but when the fatal shaft has drained his strength, thirsting for blood, beneath the forest shade the jackals seize their victim. Then, if chance a hungry lion pass, the jackals shrink in terror back, while he devours the prey. So... Round Ulysses, sage in council, pressed the Trojans, many and brave. Yet nobly he averted, spear in hand, the fatal hour. Till, with his tower-like shield before him borne, appeared great Ajax, and beside him stood. Hither and thither then the Trojans fled, while with supporting arm from out the crowd the warlike Menelaus led him forth, till his attendant with his car drew near. Then Ajax, on the Trojans springing, slew Doriclus, royal Priam's bastard son. Next Pyrasus he spoke, and Pandicus, Lysander, and Pilartes. As a stream, swollen by the rains of heaven, that from the hills pours down its wintry torrent on the plain, and many a blighted oak, and many a pine it bears, with piles of driftwood, to the sea, so swept illustrious Ajax o'er the plain, o'erthrowing men and horses. Unknown to Hector, he upon scamander's banks was warring on the field's extremest left where round great nestor and the warlike king idomeneus while men were falling fast 
rose irrepressible the battle cry. Hector, mid these, was working wondrous deeds with spear and car, routing the opposed youth. Yet had the Greeks even so their ground maintained, but godlike Paris, fair-haired Helen's lord, threw the right shoulder with a three-barbed shaft, as in the front he fought, Machaean quelled. For him the warrior Greeks were sore afraid, lest he, as back the line of battle rolled, might to the foe be left. To Nestor then Idomeneus addressed his speech, and said, O Nestor, son of Neus, pride of Greece, haste thee to mount thy car, and with thee take Machaean. Toward the vessels urge with speed the flying steeds. Worth many a life is his, the skilful leech, who knows with practised hand to extract the shaft and healing drugs apply. He said, Gerenian Nestor, at the word, mounted his car, Machaon at his side, the skilful leech, sage Esculapius's son. He touched his horses. Toward the Grecian ships, as was his purpose, nothing loth, they flew. To Hector, then, Sobriones, who saw confused the Trojans' right, drew near and said, Hector, we here, on the outskirts of the field, o'erpower the Greeks. On the other side, our friends, in strange confusion mingled horse and man, are driven. Among them Ajax spreads dismay, the son of Telamon. I know him well, and the broad shield that o'er his shoulders hangs. Thither direct we then our car, where most in mutual slaughter horse and foot engage, and loudest swells unchecked the battle cry. He said, and with the pliant lash he touched the sleek-skinned horses, springing at the sound, between the Greeks and Trojans light they bore the flying car, or bodies of the slain and broken bucklers trampling. All beneath was plashed with blood, the axle and the rails around the car, as from the horse's feet, and from the fellows of the wheels were thrown the bloody gouts. Yet on he sped, to join the strife of men, and break the opposing ranks. His coming spread confusion mid the Greeks, his spear a while withheld. Then through the rest, with sword and spear, and ponderous stones, he rushed, but shunned the might of Ajax Telamon. But Jove, high-throned, the soul of Ajax filled with fear. Aghast he stood, his sevenfold shield he threw behind his back, and, trembling, gazed upon the crowd. Then, like some 
beast of prey, foot slowly following foot, reluctant turned. As when the rustic youths and dogs have driven a tawny lion from the cattle fold, watching all night, and balked him of his prey, ravening for flesh, he still the attempt renews, but still in vain, for many a javelin, hurled by vigorous arms, confronts him to his face, and blazing faggots, that his courage daunt, till with the dawn, reluctant he retreat. So from before the Trojans, Ajax turned, reluctant, fearing for the ships of Greece. As near a field of corn, a stubborn ass, upon whose sides had many a club been broke, or powers, his boyish guides, and entering in on the rich forage grazes, while the boys their cudgels ply, but vain their puny strength, yet drive him out when fully fed with ease. Even so great Ajax, son of Telamon, the valiant Trojans, and their famed allies, still thrusting at his shield, before them drove. Yet would he sometimes, rallying, hold in check the Trojan host, then turn again to flight, yet barring still the passage to the ships. Midway between the Trojans and the Greeks he stood defiant. Many javelins, hurled by vigorous arms, were in their flight received on his broad shield, and many, ere they reached their living mark, fell midway on the plain, fixed in the ground, in vain a thirst for blood. Him thus hard-pressed by thick-thrown spears beheld Eurypylus, Emeon's noble son. He hastened up, and aimed his glittering spear, and Apisaean, Phasius's noble son, below the midriff, through the liver struck, and straight relaxed in sudden death his limbs. Forth sprang Eurypylus to seize the spoils, but godlike Paris saw and as he stooped from Apisaean's corpse to strip his arms, against Eurypylus he bent his bow, and his right thigh transfixed, the injured limb disabling, in the wound the arrow broke. He, mid his friends, escaping death, withdrew, and to the Greeks with piercing shout he called, O oh, friends, the chiefs and counsellors of Greece, turn yet again, and from the doom of death great Ajax save, hard-pressed by hostile spears. Scarce can I hope he may escape with life the desperate fight. Yet bravely stand and aid the mighty Ajax, son of Telamon. Thus spoke the wounded hero. Round him they, with sloping shields and spears, uplifted stood. Ajax to meet them came, 
and when he reached the friendly ranks, again he turned to bay. So raged like blazing fire the furious fight. Meanwhile, the mares of Neleus, drenched with sweat, bore Nestor and Machaon from the field. Achilles saw and marked them where he stood upon his lofty vessel's prow, and watched the grievous toil, the lamentable rout. Then on his friend Patroclus from the ship he called aloud. He heard his voice, and forth, as Mars majestic, from the tent he came. That day commenced his evil destiny. And thus Venetia's noble son began. Why callst thou me? What wouldst thou, Peleus' son? To whom Achilles, swift of foot, replied, Son of Menetius, dearest to my soul, Soon must the suppliant Greeks before me kneel. So insupportable is now their need. But haste thee now, Patroclus, dear to Jove, Inquire of Nestor from the battlefield Whom brings he wounded. Looking from behind, most like he seemed To Aesculapius' son, Machaon. But his face I could not see, So swiftly past the eager horses flew. He said, Obedient to his friend's command, quick to the tents and ships Patroclus ran. They, when they reached the tent of Neleus' son, descended to the ground. Eurymedon, the old man's mares, unharnessed from the car, while on the beach they faced the cooling breeze, which from their garments dried the sweat, then turned, and in the tent on easy seats reposed, for them, the fair-haired Hecamede mixed a cordial potion. Her, from Tenedos, when by Achilles ta'en, the old man brought, daughter of great Arsenius, whom the Greeks on him, their sagest counsellor, bestowed. Before them first a table fair she spread, well polished, and with feet of solid bronze. On this a brazen canister she placed, and onions as a relish to the wine, and pale clear honey, and pure barley meal. By these a splendid goblet, which from home the old man had brought, with golden studs adorned. Four were its handles, and round each two doves appeared to feed, at either end a cup. Scarce might another move it from the board when full, but aged Nestor raised with ease. In this, their goddess-like attendant first a generous measure mixed of Pramian wine, then with a brazen grater shredded o'er the goat's milk cheese and whitest barley meal, and of the draught compounded bade them drink. They drank, and then, 
relieved the parching thirst, with mutual converse entertained the hour. Before the gate divine Patroclus stood. The old man saw, and from his seat arose, and took him by the hand, and led him in, and bade him sit. But he, refusing, said, no seat for me, thou venerable sire, I must not stay, for he both awe and fear commands, who hither sent me to inquire what wounded man thou hast. I need not ask, I know Machaean well, his people's guard. My errand done, I must my message bear back to Achilles, and thou knowst thyself, thou venerable sire. How stern his mood! Nay, sometimes blames he where no blame is due. To whom Gerenian Nestor thus replied, Whence comes Achilles' pity for the Greeks by Trojan weapons wounded? Knows he not what depth of suffering through the camp prevails how in the ships by arrow or by spear sore wounded all our best and bravest lie the valiant son of tydeus diomed pierced by a shaft ulysses by a spear and agamemnon's self eurypolis by a sharp arrow through the thigh transfixed. And here another, whom but now I bring, shot by a bow from off the battlefield. Achilles, valiant as he is, the while for Grecian woes nor care nor pity feels, waits he until our ships beside the sea in our despite are burnt by hostile fires and we be singly slain not mine is now the strength i boasted once of active limbs oh that such youth and vigour yet were mine as when about a cattle-lifting raid we fought the Elaeans. There, Itymenus, I slew, the son of brave Hypericus, who dwelt in Elis. And my booty drove. He sought to guard the herd. But from my hand a javelin struck him in the foremost ranks. He fell and terror seized the rustic crowd. Abundant store of plunder from the plain we drove, of horned cattle, fifty herds, as many flocks of sheep, as many droves of swine, as many widespread herds of goats, and thrice so many golden chestnut bears the falls of many running with their dames. To Pylos, Neleus's city, these we drove by night. 
and much it gladdened Neleus's heart, that I, though new to war, such prize had won. When morn appeared, the clear forest heralds called for all to whom from Elis debts were due. Collected thus, the Pylians' leading men division made, for Elis owed us much. Such wrongs we few in Pylos had sustained. The might of Hercules in former years had stormed our town, and all our bravest slain. Twelve gallant sons had Neleus, I of these alone was left, the others all were gone, whence overproud the Epeans treated us with insult and high-handed violence. A herd of oxen now, and numerous flock of sheep the old man selected for himself. Three hundred, with their shepherds, for to him large compensation was from Elis due. Trained to the course, four horses with their cars, he for the tripod the Elean games had sent to run. These Augeus, king of men, detained, and bade the drivers home return, bootless, and grieving for their horses' loss. The old man, his words resenting, and his acts large spoils retained. The rest among the crowd he shared, that none might lose his portion due. These we disposed of soon, and to the gods due offerings made. But when the third day rose, back in all haste, in numbers, horse and foot, our foes returned, with them the Molayan twins, yet boys, untutored in the arts of war. Far off by Alpheus's banks, the extremest verge of Pylos, is a lofty mound, the city of Thyrum which around intends to raise its walls. Their army was encamped. The plain already they had overspread. When Pallas from Olympus's heights came down in haste, and bade us all prepare for war, on no unwilling ears her message fell, but eager all for fight, but me, to arm new use forbade, and e'en my horses hid, deeming me yet unripe for deeds of war. Yet so, albeit on foot, by Pallas's grace, a name I gained above our noblest horse. 
there is a river, Minius by name, hard by Arene, flowing to the sea, where we, the Pylian host, expecting morn encamped, by troops of footmen quickly joined. Thence in all haste advancing, all in arms we reached by midday Alpheus's sacred stream. There to o'erruling Jove our offerings made, to Alpheus and to Neptune each a bowl, to Pallas blue-eyed maid, a heifer fair, in ordered ranks we took our evening meal, and each in arms upon the river's brink lay down to rest, for close beside us lay the Epeans on the town's destruction bent. Then saw they mighty deeds of war displayed, for we, as sunlight overspread the earth, to Jove and Pallas praying battle gave. But when the Pylians and the Epeans met, I first a warrior slew and seized his car, bold spearman Mulius, Aegeus's son-in-law, his eldest daughter's husband, Agamede, the yellow-haired, who all the virtues knew of each medicinal herb the wide world grows. Him with my brass-tipped spear, as on he came, I slew, he fell. I, rushing to his car, stood mid the foremost ranks. The Apeans, brave, fled, diverse, when they saw their champion fall, chief of their horsemen, foremost in the fight. With the dark whirlwind's force, I onward rushed, and fifty cars I took. Two men in each fell to my spear, and bit the bloody dust. Then Axtor's sons, the Molayans, had I slain, had not the earth-shaking god, their mighty sire, veiled in thick cloud, withdrawn them from the field. Then Jove great glory to the Pylians gave, for o'er the widespread plain we held pursuit, slaying and gathering up the scattered arms. Nor till corn-clad Buprasium and the rock Olenus and Alasium termed the mound, stayed we our steeds, there Pallas bade us turn. There the last man I slew and left. The Greeks back from Buprasium drove their flying cars to Pylos, magnifying all the name mid men of Nestor as mid gods of Jove. 
such once was I mid men, while yet I was. Now to himself alone Achilles keeps his valour, yet hereafter, when the Greeks have perished all, remorse shall touch his soul. Dear friend, remember now the injunctions given by old Menetius, when from Thyan land he sent thee forth to Agamemnon's aid. I, and Laertes' godlike son within, heard all his counsel. To the well-built house of Peleus we on embassy had come throughout Achaea's fertile lands to raise the means of war. Menetius there we found, Achilles and thyself, within the house, while in the courtyard aged Peleus slew and to the lord of thunder offered up a fattened steer, and from a golden bowl o'er the burnt offering poured the ruddy wine. We too, while you were busied with the flesh, stood at the gate, surprised. Achilles rose and took us by the hand, and bade us sit, dispensing all the hospitable rites with food and wine recruited i began my speech and urged ye both to join the war nor were ye loth to go much sage advice your elders gave old peleus bade his son to aim at highest honours and surpass his comrades all Anetius, actor's son to thee this counsel gave. My son, he said, Achilles is by birth above thee far. Thou art in years the elder. He in strength surpasses thee. Do thou with prudent words and timely speech address him and advise and guide him. He will, to his good, obey. Such were the old man's words. But thou hast let his counsel slip thy memory. Yet even now speak to Achilles thus, And stir his soul, if haply he will hear thee. And who knows, but by the grace of heaven thou mayst prevail. For great is oft a friend's persuasive power. But if the fear of evil prophesied, Or message by his goddess mother brought from Jove, Restrain him, let him send thee forth with all of his force of warlike myrmidons, that thou mayst be the saving light of Greece. Then let him bid thee to the battle bear his glittering arms. If so, 
the men of Troy, scared by his likeness, may forsake the field, and breathing time afford the sons of Greece toil-worn. For little pause has been theirs, fresh and unwearied. Ye with ease may drive to their own city from our ships and tents the Trojans, worn and battle-wearied men. Thus he, Patroclus' spirit within him burned, and toward Achilles' tent in haste he sped. But running, as Achilles' ship he passed, where was the council and the justice-seat, and where were built the altars of the gods, there met him, halting from the battlefield, shot through the thigh, Eumaean's heaven-born son, Eurypolis, his head and shoulders dank with clammy sweat, while from his grievous wound streamed the dark blood. Yet firm was still his soul. Menetius's noble son with pity saw, and deeply sorrowing, thus addressed the chief. Woe for the chiefs and counsellors of Greece, and must ye, far from friends and native home, glut with your flesh the ravening dogs of Troy. Yet tell me this, heaven-born Eurypolis, still do the Greeks gainst Hector's giant force make head, or fall they vanquished by his spear? To whom with prudent speech Eurypolis. No source, heaven-born Patroclus, have the Greeks of aid, but all must perish by their ships, for in the ships lie all our bravest late by spear or arrow struck by Trojan hands, and fiercer hour by hour their onset grows. But save me now, and lead me to the ships, there cut the arrow out, and from the wound with tepid water cleanse the clotted blood, then soothing drugs apply of healing power, which from Achilles thou, tis said, hast learned from Chiron, justest of the centaurs he, for Podalarius and Machaon both, our leeches, one lies wounded in the tents, himself requiring sore the leech's aid. The other on the plain still dares the fight. To whom again Menetius's noble son? How may this be? Say, brave Eurypolis, 
what must I do? A messenger am I, sent by Gerenian Nestor, prop of Greece, with tidings to Achilles. Yet, even so, I will not leave thee in this weary plight. He said, and passing his supporting hand beneath his breast, the warrior led within the tent. The attendant saw and spread the ox-hide couch. Then, as he lay reclined, Patroclus, with his dagger, from the thigh, cut out the biting shaft, and from the wound, with tepid water, cleansed the clotted blood. Then, pounded in his hands, a root applied, astringent anodyne, which all his pain allayed. The wound was dried, and staunched the blood. End of Book 11, Part 2